Welcome to the Growth Enablement Madness Podcast, and I'm Jim Ward, your host, CEO of BrainCell, the growth enablement company. I'm absolutely mad about helping businesses grow and scale. And in this podcast, my team and I get a chance to talk shop with industry thought leaders about a variety of growth enablement strategies, stories, and technology trends. I'm happy that you're here, so let's get the growth conversation started. Welcome, everybody. This is Jim Ward. This is the Growth Enablement Madness podcast because we're mad about growth. For all of our customers and listeners out there, we want to help them grow their business and scale. That's our vision. Today, we have a fantastic guest, Tony Berry, who is our senior solution architect for our data services here. Hey, Tony, how you doing? Great, Jim. How about yourself today? Good. Hey, today we're talking about the importance of putting data to work for a growing business, which was really important, right? It's helped us significantly grow. So what we're trying to do is not only drink our own champagne, but share this. So what does that mean to you when we talk about putting data to work for growing a business? Yeah, yeah. It's funny. And, and you know, we're a bunch of data plumbers, so we love thinking about this stuff, but it's taking the really starting to treat data as an asset. So thinking of it as something that will help inform and allow organizations to make decisions. And that's what we mean by data-driven. So you're using that data that you've got already to help you make good business decisions based upon what's happening in the world. As we know, the world's a little little chaotic right now. Right. Kind of don't know where it's going. We keep hearing about recession, inflation. I don't know if it's impacting us, don't know if it isn't impacting us, unless we have sort of a true north. And I think data actually helps provide that. But Tony, we've got profit and loss statements and balance sheets. Isn't that enough? It's really not, right? Because that's um, we talk a lot about as you become more data driven, there's this concept of rear view mirror versus looking out the front windshield. And I would argue the financial statements are by definition a rear view mirror, right? They're looking at what has happened, but it doesn't start to give you information on what's occurring right now or what could potentially happen in the future. Right, right. So I guess why should a company be strive to be more data driven? That's historical data. That's what I'm hearing you say. And so what is a data driven company? What outcomes should they be looking to achieve by looking at other sets of data? Yeah. So not only should a company, is it important to do it? It's you kind of have to do it. It's funny. I think it was Forbes had a quote um, last year that said every company is a data and analytics company, even if they don't know that they are. You pretty much have to in today's world, again, because of the volatility um, that we talked about, you have to become more data driven to be successful. And it's funny, McKinsey did a study. It's staggering. Those that are data driven are 19 times more likely to be profitable. Think Uh about that. 19 times more likely to be profitable. Not a small amount. No. So that pretty much underscores just that alone. The reason for each and every company who wants to be a growth company to be data driven. So that kind of talks to, I guess, the risks if you're not data-driven. If it isn't achieved, if you don't do the data work, and what's going to hold them back? What's going to do the company? Yeah, not only hold them back, and, and I think a lot of times companies that either delay or don't put a focus or make the investment in this, that candidly, the reason sometimes that doesn't happen is things are good, and doing and becoming a data-driven company is hard. It's staggering. 90% of the world's data, 90% was created in the last two years, and it's accelerating. And even a mid-sized company, an upper mid-sized company, has over 100 different sources of operational data. So it's not easy, but it's super important that you do it, and it does require an investment of people, process, and technology to be successful. So I think that's what's holding some people back. Well, I think the other thing that's holding them back, too, Tony, is is resources, the ability to get to it. I know a lot of the mid-market companies that we work with today, 
want to have a, a need for the data analytics to help drive their business, but they don't have the resources. What are we doing? to help solve for that problem. I think it's great, Jim. It's something we think about a lot, as you know, we talk about how can we help in that regard where the resources and even sometimes just the experience, the expertise. And so that's one of the offerings that you know we've put together is to really help companies put that foundation in place. We call it the data plumbing, um, that you need to become a data-driven company. We've even developed some tooling to help support that, a set of tooling that we call Interlude, but it's exactly that. So we can come in, in fact, we're working right now with a global manufacturing company who knows they need to be data-driven, and they've been trying. They have, as we started working with them, they um, basically have a department that this is what they were doing, was pulling down the data, putting in spreadsheets, manipulating it, sending it out to their team, and they did some measurements on it. I think they were taking like two days a week, literally, two days a week to pull all this together. And obviously, if you can't get to where that data is becoming more real-time, you aren't as data-driven as you want to be. And that's where we came in. We help them with both technology. We have experts that know how to do this, and then we have a process. And so we have now completely automated um, those insights for them. So they can focus on what the data says, not how to pull it all together. And, and we call it data wrangling. They don't have to worry about that anymore. Right. Yeah, I've got a couple of questions. One about Interloop, but I was just thinking of a story. We were at a, a client site and we were talking a little bit about their data and they, they kept referencing spreadsheets and how much time it took. And we said, well, you know what, if you put, I was just joking, if you put a dollar in a jar every time you mention a spreadsheet that you're using, you're probably going to pay for the data wrangling effort they were going to put in for you. And you're going to have, you're going to never have to do it again. So what you've got it at your fingertips is a tremendous return on investment, not just on putting the data in a location that you can get to easily. Once it's done, it's repeatable, but it's also then using, of course, the data. But uh, that moves me to thinking about the Interloo product and uh, what it does. Can you tell me a little bit about what that does? Yeah, so it's interesting. And historically, what people used to try and do when they were trying to become more data-driven is they'd try and integrate like their ERP and their CRM system. And so they'd They'd hook those two systems up. They'd pull data out of their ERP tool and push it into their CRM. It's called a point-to-point integration. But we realize there's there's just a better way of doing that with the way you can do things in technology now. So what think of Interloop is kind of sitting in the middle. We kind of call it an octopus in many ways. It's sitting, it's got, basically it's reaching into all these systems and it's pulling it back in a way that not only can it be CRM to ERP, but it can be your marketing, it can be your website, it can be all those hundred different sources all kind of being queried and pulled together and then using a concept that we call blending that data is interrelated so now you can start to drive some of those data-driven decisions like you could do something one of our manufacturers wants to understand okay are my sales activities actually driving orders knowing that those orders are probably 60 to 90 days behind the activity but now they can see that and that's coming from four different systems and so by doing that in this new way we can pull all that data together in a much quicker way and it's much more open to changes so data changes so so the system can actually pick up those types of changes too is there a limit to how many uh, data sources that you can tap into you know in today's world no i mean you know we have a couple customers that have several dozen you know theoretically this could go up to you know hundreds if you needed that many different data sources 
And it's just gotten so much less expensive to do this now. So that old way, you can't really needs to go away. There's just a much better way of doing it. Right, right. Of course, you and I have been around long enough to know the old ways and the new ways now. That's right. That's right. So when I think about the global company that you were mentioning, I don't want to reveal who they are, but can you give me a sense of how big they are revenue wise? Yeah, I think they're in the just under a hundred million dollars. But what's interesting for them is is they manufacture, we've probably heard the word IoT devices. So they've got devices that fit out in factories and are monitoring some of the production. So what's really interesting there is that's the next set of data we're going to bring in. So now the data coming out of the factories, literally live off the line, um, we're going to be able to bring in. Again, you just couldn't do that until recently. And that's interesting. I asked that question for a reason. The research that we've done here is we were finding that companies, almost up to 500 million who are growth-oriented companies, typically want, need the predictive data but they don't have the resources. And that tends to be where we fit in very nicely because we could come in, we're cost effective and we're able to provide the services, the data plumbing and get them to that point. And then we can even help them maintain the dynamic data. Is that right? We do that the way we do do that, right? Okay, so uh, yeah, that's awesome. I think it's making a big difference for a lot of the clients out there. So Tony, how does, uh, you know, one of the things we're all scrambling around with the economy, this, this recession, the dagger that's hanging over everybody's head, how do these unknowns impact the importance of uh, synchronizing your data sources to have uh, better visibility into your market? Yeah, yeah. So it's funny. I'm off site today. So I happen to be at a conference and it, it's um, just anecdotal. It's kind of interesting. So they had a couple of bankers who, and the conversation was around what's going to happen to the inflation rate in the US. And four speakers, none of them could agree on what the future is going to be. So it's unknown, right? But now imagine you're in a data-driven world where you've got all this data together. And we're doing this with one of our other clients right now. It's around exchange rates with the same idea. What if you could start to model that? So what is the impact if inflation does come down to 2% versus if it stays up in the 6 to 8%? What happens to my cost of capital, things like that? When you start to become data-driven, which becomes really interesting is you go on this journey we call op. So you go from historical data to operational data, which is what most people have. But then you get into things that are really where the real insights occur. It's this concept of doing predictive or even prescriptive, where now because you've got all the data together, you can do that model, right? Let's see what happens at 2%. Let's see what happens at 6 And then you make a very informed decision. And then obviously you monitor it with the operational data to see if it's tracking what you predicted. So it just becomes a really powerful tool for the organization to make decisions in in somewhat chaotic times. So I'm going to take this one from a left field. That's kind of a macro approach, I would say. Um, But if you look at the most recent big big banking failure of Silicon Valley Bank, SVB, what the heck were they missing? Did they not have data to be able to tell them where they were headed? What do you think? Yeah, you know, either they didn't have it. I would argue a bank probably does, but were they putting it to use? You know, were they doing some of the analysis? I'm not a banking expert. My understanding is they had a lot of basically investments that had long horizons that they couldn't quickly liquidate. And so probably with some predictive models, you should have been able to play out that scenario is, you know, what happens if interest rates don't come down? Excuse me, if inflation rate doesn't come down and interest rates go up, what's the model telling us? I'd be curious. I'd love to hear what the conversations are with the team to go, somebody take their eye off the ball here or what happens? I think we're going to learn more and more about that. But, you know, even that example provides 
insight for the rest of us, not necessarily in the banking world, but that's the same concept of having your your arms around the data, understanding and acting on it. Uh, again, it's like flying a plane. If you're in the clouds, you don't trust your instruments, you're probably going to crash. So you can put in that uh, analogy, into, analogy. Yeah, into a business. Hey, thanks very much for joining us today. I know you're at the conference and uh, we want to make sure we got you fit in. One of the things that we're going to be uh, doing in our next upcoming episode is we're going to take this information about data and data wrangling, data plumbing, interloop and how that works. We're actually going to show in our upcoming episode a little bit about some of the things we're able to do with that concept and what the outcome looks like or what the what a fast dash looks like. So that's coming with uh, Jordan, Jordan Berry, who will be joining us in our next episode. So folks, please look forward to that. This is to be continued. We're also offering a data-driven assessment. If uh, you go into the show notes, you will see the link, or if you're on YouTube, you will see the link for that. So in either case, you can get there. But if I'm going to, it's a bit of a long link, I'm going to say it, www.braincell, and brain cells with an S, B-R-A-I-N-S-E-L-L.com, forward slash resources, forward slash data dash driven dash assessment. That's a long one. So if you could hear that and, and get that in, you can always maybe rewind and do that. But uh, it'll be in the show notes and it'll be on the YouTube notes as well. We're also uh, providing a free data discovery call at no charge to ensure that you can see the, really the value in this type of a practice. Yeah. So if you come into the website, braincell.com, there'll be a little uh, fellow at the bottom who is a uh, chatbot. You can set up a schedule of time to talk to one of our experts here and they'll walk you through that. There's no obligation. There's no charge. There's nothing like, and then you can be just educated and that's just fine with us. So we really want you to grow and scale regardless of whether we're doing business or not together. My goal, my vision is, as is our, our organization, is to help companies grow and scale. So any way we can help you to do that. Having said that, it's been great having you, Tony. Thank you very much for joining oh, me. It. That's Tony Berry, our Senior Solution Architect of our data services. Thank you for being here. I want to thank all the listeners for being patient for us to come back. It's uh, been a couple months, uh, so we're glad to be back and podcasting again. And thanks uh, to all the uh, folks we work with here that put this podcast together. You can find this podcast in all places you find podcasts. You can find it on uh, Spotify, maybe Amazon Music, wherever you want to go look, you'll find our, our podcast there. <laughs> it's so, out there. It's out yeah, there. Right? Hey, yeah, it's out there. So um, thank you very much. This is the Growth Enablement Podcast. I'm Jim Ward, CEO of BrainCell. Have a great day. Grow and scale. Thank you for listening to this episode of Growth Enablement Madness Podcast. I also want to thank Divinio Podcast for this episode's production and distribution. Finally, thank you to Sam Ward for our musical introduction and outro. Be sure to check out all of our episodes wherever you listen to your podcasts, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. New episodes are available monthly and cover all important topics for growing and scaling your business. Until next time, this is Jim Ward signing off. Let's grow.